You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. This episode of Women on the Road is brought to you by Deuter. They believe that your gear should enhance your time in the outdoors, which is why they've been making technical packs German-engineered since 1898 for comfort, fit, and ventilation. Later in this episode, you'll hear from Amy Eaton, who spent a year on the road exploring the many waterways of the states with her family and wearing one particular Deuter pack every day. Learn more at www.deuter.com. That's D-E-U-T-E-R.com. When we first left, I remember feeling completely vulnerable the moment we took off. We went to buy some sandals first. And I remember thinking, gosh, we're the only thing that each other has now in this world. We have our families, but we wouldn't be anywhere near them. And most of the time, our families wouldn't know where we were. So really, at the end of the day, it's just us looking out for each other. That seemed like a lot to get used to. It made me scared, even though I've known Shane for almost five years trust Shane we've done lots of outdoor activities together we've built this van together we're all each other has getting alone time is really good for both of us that's one reason actually that it's been nice to create this podcast and have this opportunity because I get that chance to reflect and spend time by myself for being on the road and being away from people you'd think you'd get more alone time but the truth is that you don't unless you are really intentional and purposeful about it I'm Laura Hughes, and you're listening to the She Explores podcast series, Women on the Road, a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived it firsthand. And in this episode, we're focusing on what it's like to travel with a partner. If you follow any traveling romantic pairs on social media, you probably have some strong mental imagery around what a couple on the road looks like and how they act. And because I've been there too, Someone searching for clues to their success and wondering what it's really like to share such a small space together. I'm going to guess that the traveling relationships you see or hear about online feel distinctively different, even distant, from relationships you see and experience that exist off the road. So on this episode, we're bringing you a little closer to the realities of traveling with a significant other by taking a peek at the lives of three different couples living on the road today. They're each unique in their own way because that's relationships. And nobody has it all right or all wrong when it comes to them. But I bet as you hear these stories, you'll also pick up on some themes. And I hope it helps to shine some light on what living on the road with a significant other can be like, even knowing it's going to be a completely varied experience from couple to couple. I'll also add that not everyone has a romantic partner to travel with, and not every romantic relationship is going to thrive on the road. And while we love digging into the experiences of solo female travelers, Women who travel with partners are still individuals, with a voice and perspective to share. 
It takes courage to travel by camper, even if you aren't doing it alone. And we want to celebrate all women who take steps to follow their dreams of travel. The first woman we'll hear from is Katie Larson of So We Bought a Van. Katie and her partner Evan have been traveling since this past spring through the northern United States in a Sprinter van they converted themselves. And they started talking about life on the road pretty early on in their dating relationship. We were on the third date. We were at Pacific City in Oregon, and we were uh, we were dry camping out of his Xterra on the beach. And he's like, hey, I want you to know, like, I'm, I'm wanting to do this trip eventually. Like, I want you to be on the same page. If you're not, we can talk about it. But this is something I want to do down the road. And I'm like, okay. You know, I just had graduated college. I had all this student debt. So I'm like, let me pay off a certain amount, and then we'll really start to dive into the conversation. How did you feel when he first brought up that idea to you? Was that something that surprised you? How, how did that feel? Yeah, I was very surprised. I think that I always had this thought in my mind that, you know, you're going to grow up and you're going to get married and you're going to buy this white picket style fence and house and you're going to work a nine to five. And I never really thought that there was any other way of living until we really started talking about this. It sounds like going on the road and just having this entire project with the van has allowed you to to dream more and just be more open with what it is that you want to do. Oh, yeah. We we have this thing. We, we call it dreamland. And we will get into conversations like two hours deep into conversations of just places we want to go, things we want to do. You continue to dream and think about all these different ways that you can do life. So we find ourselves there a lot, you know, over a campfire or something where we're just talking and talking and talking. And even if nothing comes of it, what a fun thing to do with your partner. What was it like to move into a van with Evan without ever having lived together first? You know, it it was hard. I've never I've never lived with a partner before. And we had done a lot of summer camping and weekend camping together. So it wasn't like living in this small space was super unknown to us but doing full-time spending 24 hours together all the time we're not a couple that does things apart we're very together um the only time that we really have quiet time is when he naps and i journal we we take some time for personal things in the day but it's very short so aside from that we are together all the time and it has its challenges but it's also allowed us to get to such a unique place that i didn't think that we'd be you have to be really self-aware of the other person and of your own needs. And I think it's allowed us both to grow really intensely. How do you make the mm-hmm. small space living logistically work well for you two? We try to split up tasks a lot. So if one person cooks, we really try to have the other person clean. Um, we really make sure that not one person is sitting in bed while the other is packing up camp. We really try to do kind of a dual teamwork type of deal for everything that we do which really helps because then it doesn't feel like one person's carrying more weight than the other. Not that it's ever a race, but, you know, you want to make sure that you both feel like you're contributing and balancing out the workload because I'm sure as you, as you know, living in a car, it's, it's hard. It's almost a full-time job in itself to make sure, you know, do I have fresh food? Like how full is the toilet? Do I have, I have water? Is the garbage full? You know, those are all things that there's a lot of tasks and everything is smaller. So you have to do things more often. And, you know, I, I think when, when challenges come along, that's, that's a whole different question. Like when things get really tense or high risen and you're in this small space, how do you handle conflict? So how do Katie and Evan handle conflict? Everybody handles conflict differently. So I think that 
when you're living together, I guess I, we've never done it before, like I said, but when you're in a relationship in general, you have to have a lot of ways that you handle conflict. And, and for me, at least, I have to be really self-aware, like, how do we work together? How do we know how to diffuse the situation? So that's something that we do a lot is we, we do something called white flag. And it seems kind of silly, but it really works for us. If something's getting too, too intense, we raise the white flag. Sometimes it's verbally saying white flag. Sometimes it's like making a flag shape with your hands, but it really kind of bring us, brings us back together of, okay, why are we here? We're in this van together. You know, we know that we have to continue to, to get along and diffuse the situation and making sure that you're never feeding the flame. Even though Katie's been on the road for just a few months now, I was curious to get her take on advice she might pass along to couples living on the road. Here were some of her thoughts. For, for us, I think communication is really key. Like I said, um, my joke is like there's no room in a 144-inch wheelbase for passive aggressiveness. Um, we have to be really self-aware of, am I upset? Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? How can I avoid this in the future? My dad uses this acronym, and he calls it HALT. It's are you, are you hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? And just being very upfront with the other person, talking about things when they come up, um, not letting things kind of hide, hide away. You have to keep romance alive. I guess it kind of depends on what you view as romantic, but, you know, sometimes you haven't showered in a while, or your van is really dirty, or you can't go outside because there's bugs everywhere, so... I think we work really hard at doing date night and sometimes it does look like, like I think once we've splurged and we've bought movie tickets, but sometimes it just looks like lighting a candle at dinner or putting flowers on the table at dinner, something small. And sometimes it doesn't even look, I think what, you know, quote unquote normal romance looks like. Sometimes it can just be, Oh, I don't want to chop wood. So my partner is going to chop wood for me because he recognizes that I don't want to, or, offering to do like the next four hour drive stretch or you're even just making coffee for your partner if you're not going to drive. I love everything you said. Um, I, and it, it really resonated with me just having been spending some time recently in a van with Shane. Um, <laughs> there's like that little stuff, like for me, um, this just happened this morning. So it was particularly fresh on my mind, but like sometimes in the morning he makes me tea, which is really nice because we actually do like to have more space from each other. So that creates its own interesting like set of conundrums in a van sometimes. But this morning he just like reached through, like didn't really say a word, just reached through the curtain and like put tea right next to my bed. And I was like, oh, that is just. That is so sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. And it's those little things like he used to do that when we lived in an apartment before we go to work, he'd make me tea. And so that's right. That's the kind of stuff that like, yeah, it, it warms your heart. It makes you, you know, remember that like, yeah, we're, we're in this like, partnership in the van but we also are in a romantic relationship and we do nice things for each other just because we love each other there's no one way to do this right whether it's a relationship or living in a car everybody does it differently it's like looking at different van builds I mean there's no build that's the same there's no relationship that's the same so I think we were really nervous about you know moving in together for the first time and doing it in a really small space but you know it can work for anybody you just you have to make it what you need and you tailor it to what you need just like you do in a normal relationship when you're not living in a van. Katie's willingness to dive headfirst into life on the road with her partner is inspiring. And something I heard in her story that you may or may not have picked up on is that while she and Evan spend a lot of time together, 
their approach to their relationship and commitment to self-awareness seems to have only strengthened their individual identities. They both have had to use courage and honesty to identify what makes them feel fulfilled in order for life on the road to work. So in the end, Katie is more of who she is because she spends time with her partner in a van, not in spite of it. The next woman we'll hear from is Juliana Linder of Home Sweet Van. Like Katie and Evan, Juliana and her partner Richmond started talking about camper travel early. Their first date, in fact. Four months later, they took off in their self-converted Sprinter van together. I'll let Juliana take it from here. We both had our different kind of visions when we met. I really love Travels with Charlie by John Steinbeck. That's one of my favorite stories. And before we met, I was like, I'm going to go get a dog and just take off in a car and that was kind of my romantic idea that I didn't really think that through very, very well. And his was definitely more methodical, his plan to kind of build out a van. And it's definitely more of tied to kind of surf culture, the built out van and traveling down to Baja. And I think that's what he, and even going down to South America, um, he kind of had that romantic vision. And so we ended up layering those on top of each other in a way. What was that like to dive into not only such a big project, but also such a big trip commitment with someone that you had just met and were getting to know? It was definitely risky. (laughs) It was scary. Um, But at the same time, it felt really right because both of us had these goals that aligned for the most part in the sense that we both really wanted to um, travel and experience our own country and even down in Mexico, like do some some traveling in another country. And yeah, I don't know. It, it's funny to like think back on that because I remember being a bit nervous and, but I was more nervous about waking up in a van and thinking, Oh, I, you know, I like gave away all my stuff and moved my whole life into this van. And I was nervous about just kind of the safety of being in a van and, what that was going to be like. And yeah, it it didn't even really cross my mind as much that the kind of relationship part of it was going to be difficult or stressful. And one of the tougher things for, for us too was just, I think the activities that like Richmond, he surfs quite a bit and he loves the ocean. Just been a part of his life since he was a kid. He grew up on the coast of Oregon. So he's always been close to the ocean. And so for the first six months of our trip, we were pretty landlocked. We weren't anywhere near the ocean. So it was hard for him to, to deal with that. It's a meditation for him to surf and it just calms him. Whereas I'm kind of, we're, we're very yin yang, the two of us. So that was also an adjustment was I'm more like the mountains and we kind of have always said that. And that's, I tried to work that into the van motifs, like in the back, like I'm the mountains, you're the ocean, like we're kind of these opposite elements, but in a way that's so great in our relationship that we complement each other, but also challenge each other in, in a lot of different ways. One of the reasons I wanted to chat with Juliana was because of a voice submission she left us while she was down in Baja, Mexico. If you've been following along with Women on the Road since the beginning of this podcast series, you might recall this advice from episode one. 
what I wish I'd known in the beginning, even though it's been a really great learning process and I, I wouldn't take any of it back, is that uh, I should have really taken a lot more time on my own and found more things to do on my own, had a lot more solo time. Um, everyone needs their own space. Everyone needs time to reflect and meditate on things. And I think that's the biggest thing that I wish, looking back on it, over the last 12 months, I'd really taken more seriously. Juliana's advice struck me because I too can relate to the kind of romantic relationship that requires some alone time and the challenging balance that can bring when you live on the road with your partner. So I wanted to know more about where Juliana's head was at when she called in to share her thoughts with us a few months ago. What was on her mind at the time? We'll hear all about it after a word from our sponsor, Deuter. This episode of Women on the Road is brought to you by Deuter. I talked to Amy Eaton about her year-long travels on the road with her husband and firstborn son, spending time fly fishing and focusing on environmental conservation projects around the U.S. For Amy, there was one particular Deuter pack that made this trip possible. We left from Oregon and we spent from January to January traveling and fished for every species you can catch on a fly rod and then did some river and water conservation work along with that. We used the Deuter kid carrier every single day for a year, taking our son into different watersheds and through different wilderness areas to get to different streams and different rivers to pursue these um, native fish. And so it was the way that we were able to expose him to wilderness while also pursuing this lifelong dream we had had to take this trip. And as we're scrambling over wet and rocky exposed features, both in the river and as we travel and climb and hike through our own landscapes, knowing that even if we trip, that the boys are going to be okay is a huge deal. They're in a five-point harness. They're completely secure. Since we don't stay inside when it's raining or snowing, we needed a way to make sure that the boys were going to remain warm and comfortable. In between sunshades and rain covers, the Deuters pretty much can be their own little environment. So it gave us the freedom to take on this project that was one of these goals that you hold up there and say, someday I will do this. Well, our someday happened to be after we had a kid. And the kid carrier allowed us to do that. Stay equipped for a life of adventure with a durable, comfortably crafted Deuter pack. Find your perfect fit at www.deuter.com. That's www.deuter.com. Okay, so back to Juliana and the voice memo she sent us from Baja. Here's some of what prompted her advice. Kind of at six months, we both were feeling really stressed out and we like, you know, our, our perfect idea of what this was supposed to be was kind of shattered. And I think we both had put a lot of pressure on ourselves and I definitely put a lot of pressure on myself to, I don't know, just make the most out of what we were doing. And I think that comes at a cost at some point when you're not really recognizing what what you need and what the other person needs and how you're you're not able to satisfy your needs because you're both tied to the same kind of vehicle. There's not much autonomy. It's not easy to just go get what you need or go do what you need to do. It's very much a compromise all the time, which can get a little stressful. We still are learning. It's never perfect. 
we still have our challenges, but yeah, I think at the time I was really just wanting to emphasize that because of the epic like wave that it had been over the, the last six months of ups and downs and flux with what were we getting what we needed out of it like we both have clearly similar goals and we're both aligned and we love each other and we're not we need to be able to step back and not judge each other for needing space even though it's living in a van is definitely being attached at the hip is there anything that you've done differently to make sure and like kind of adapted to make sure that you get the time and space that you need and that Richmond needs? I'd actually been working remotely in Baja when we were down there. Um, at that time, I, was, I also was working to kind of give us each space because Richmond could kind of go and do his thing and I would work and we had our kind of separate lives together some level. But um when we got back to the Bay, I actually just ended up with that money buying another car so that we could, we could actually separate. But that was one big thing that we, that I did to kind of give us our own space. And I'm sitting in that car right now, actually. How do you think living in the van with Richmond has helped you to grow or things you've learned from that? Definitely has taught me a lot more about my needs as apart from our relationship which because we we dove headfirst into this whole thing we didn't wait very long to to consider the kind of challenges that we were going to have in living in the van so we both I think learned a lot about our needs like I personally have learned a lot about what he needs and that we need our time and we we really have learned about our what our what feeds us, like what my passions are, what, like when I really need to go take a hike or use my camera or paddle or it's taught me a lot about what I really value. I can't say enough how much respect I have for Juliana in sharing this reality of living on the road with her partner. As I hinted earlier, balancing time together and time apart is a crucial component of my relationship with Shane. But in all honesty, it's usually not the most exciting or comfortable thing to talk about with friends and family or with an audience. It's unpopular to show some of the most real moments Shane and I have together on the road, taking our own space in the van by saying I love you and pulling a curtain between us for an hour or so because it doesn't look intimate from the outside. But being on the same page about your truest needs and tending to your needs as well as your partner's is intimacy in my book. So whatever balance is healthiest in your relationship I say own it and support each other in maintaining it if your lifestyle turns mobile. In some final thoughts before our call ended, Juliana shares some reflections on the importance of patience when you travel with a significant other on the road. There's a lot of stuff that does not go right or well when you're traveling. Um, You're always going to experience dramatic ups and downs, even in the moments that are very that are really hard to take and really frustrating that it's a huge privilege to be able to do what we've done and we worked obviously really hard to do it but it's still a privilege for us to be able to say that we moved into our van by choice and and so just holding that thought and being patient with with your partner especially and the emotions that are going to come up because 
there are going to be probably a lot of them is important, I think. And it was something that I definitely learned a lot about. The last relationship I got to hear about for this episode is that of Marissa and Vanessa Roman. These two have been living on the road for just over two years in an RV named Maud, along with their three cats and two dogs, one of whom decided to join the conversation. We just got a lion cut, so I think he's trying to show it off. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, so I, I was Instagram stalking you a little bit and noticed that you just gave your cats some pretty amazing haircuts. Yeah, we actually, yeah. Vanessa has, we've tried shaving them before. We have clippers. And it, they hated that. Um, well, so we, Malachi did. The one that, this one. <laughs> yep. He's not, a, <laughs> he's not a fan. A charming assortment of cats and dogs aside, what prompted the Romans to hit the road? Marissa shares some of the backstory. We felt very disconnected from one another in our careers and because we were working constantly. We were working to pay for an apartment, to pay for cars, car insurance. You know, we were, I mean, I was in traffic for 10 plus hours every week and we had no time together. We would literally go off to work and then immediately I would miss her and I'd be like this is garbage is this what I'm going to do for the rest of my life is just miss her all the time during the day and we were really unhappy and we just collectively were wondering you know there has to be more to this life and happiness than just falling into the grind of things and never really being able to get out so Vanessa's always wanted to travel and she brought it up and I was just like, absolutely, of course. Yes. We didn't have a plan B. We both quit our jobs <laughs> and we're, yeah, we yeah. just, we knew we were going to make it work. We knew that travel is what made us happy. Experiences together, learning new things. New experiences. That's what yes. made us happy. And so that was our pursuit. You know, that connection that you both were looking for in your pursuit that led you to, you know, be on the road. Do you feel like that's come to fruition in some way that you've gained, re regained some of that connection that you were seeking? Definitely. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's not easy. Now, let's also say that our relationship on the road is just the same as anyone else's relationship in a condo, in a house, you know, in an apartment. It's it's certainly no different. And in some ways, it can be a, a little more challenging, dare I say, because it's 171 square feet so it's a small space and rather than have a separate room to go to when we're not agreeing on something or we're not particularly fond of one another in a, in, in a moment um, there is no bedroom to retreat to retreat to excuse me there is no um, you know garage to go tinker with something just to kind of let out your frustrations you really have to sit down and face the fact that you're not agreeing on whatever yeah. it is and and really hash it out conversationally one regular exchange in particular illustrates what it's like to see things differently in a small space. She's an early riser, and I don't really like waking up to an alarm clock. I just want to naturally wake up, you know. And so sometimes she'll just wake up and do these audible sighs, like, <sighs> like you know, and just trying to, like, wake me up and be like, let's start the day now. And I'm just like, sometimes I'll just be like, mm -mm, nope. 
and it, I just think it's, I make fun of her all the time. Cause I'm like, are you audibly sighing to I wake me up right now? It's because... not intentional. I'm getting my stretch on. I'm getting my yawn on. I'm starting my day. I'm feeling it out. The sun is shining. Like, oh, wow. You're and awake. And she happens to peer over at me and I see that she's not entirely asleep. Then yes, I start dialogue and, and why not? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if I get down, because we sleep in the bunk, so even if I get down from the ladder and I go into the kitchen and I start to, I don't know, put a pot on of coffee or, um, you know, just collectively get started on whatever projects I have going on for the day, it's, you know, again, there's no separate room, so she's going to yeah. hear whatever I'm doing. I might as well at least acknowledge the fact that she's there and good morning and... <laughs> Marissa and Vanessa's ability to laugh and have fun, even when talking about the small frictions that come with any dynamic, is such a strength, and one that probably serves them well on the road, where all kinds of random frictions are bound to arise. There's something about being within earshot at all times as well that lends itself to all kinds of unexpected situations. With such tight quarters, I asked Vanessa and Marissa how they keep the spark alive in their relationship. Like on a very basic level, we try to have date nights where we can go out and explore a new area. I mean, it's it's hard because even when we were stationary, we had a date night on Wednesday. Wednesday was date night, so we would take turns planning. And it's hard because it feels like now we're just on this forever adventure that feels like a never-ending date night almost. But we still do like try and carve out time to have a date and have like a really special experience or just go to dinner or I guess just make time for us and that's not involving travel that's not involving being on the move or the animals yeah or taking care of the RV or doing something for the RV it just you know we steal some time in order to be selfish and I think that's what strengthens our relationship yeah and we laugh a lot because we do. life is short and there's no use crying over spilled milk. And, and we are. We're weird and we're funny and we're silly and we argue just the same as we love each other. As with the other interviews on this episode, I asked for advice. Partially for you listeners and partially for me. These two were full of thoughts on romantic relationships on the road, starting with the crucial element of teamwork. This particular way of life that living on the road as much as a lot of us who share our lifestyles on Instagram on you know websites um, it's it looks really great and glamorous a lot but it's very difficult and it's just as much work as any other type of lifestyle so I don't think for us personally we didn't look at this as being the answer to the frustrations that we shared between us in our relationship, the things that are quirky about me that might drive her crazy some days and vice versa are still there. And magnified. And magnified at times, absolutely. And so keeping a realist mentality in terms of what's actually going to happen, what it's actually going to be like when you get on the road is important because again, there isn't going to be a separate space to retreat to when you're mad. You can't just leave you can't you know you're you're with the person and um and so when things aren't easy and that doesn't necessarily mean specifically between the two of you if you get a flat tire and you're having a bad day and it's just been consistently one thing after the other and one partner is frustrated and kind of gets snappy with the other that other partner is going to have to recognize that 
it's nothing personal. It's just yeah. a matter of the situation and you take the reins at that point and, and kind of keep things calm. I think we have, a, most of the time we have a really nice balance of supporting each other when the other person is maybe having a bad day or not feeling the best or, you know, and I think definitely just having that support system is a way that we get through a lot of issues on the road and bumps along the way. You are consistently dealing with one person in one space, going through a million emotions, a million situations, a million conditions that test you. And it's not always going to bring forth the best you that you can bring. So having somebody that understands that, knowing how to keep you calm or to keep you uh, relaxed in a situation when you're not necessarily putting your best foot forward is, is really important because that's that's life. Yeah, it's a team. We always say it's a team effort. Every, every day is a team effort. You have to pull your weight. You know, it can't all fall on one person. You just have to collectively work together to make this lifestyle happen. And lastly, some advice on letting go. I think you're in such a tiny space and, you know, while certain things may seem magnified at the end of the day, if it's really not worth it, then just let it go. Because it's, you know, I was reading this book by uh, MJ Ryan. It's nonfiction about happiness and it's, you have three options for happiness and a situation that upsets you. You can change it with grace, you can leave it with grace, or you can accept it with grace. So I think just learning to accept things as they are um, and not really stressing things that are out of your control, I think will definitely help couples that are on the road. Thanks to Katie Larson, Juliana Linder, and Marissa and Vanessa Roman for their time and openness to share some insights into their relationships on the road. You can find out more about each of these amazing women by following the links in our show notes and through the Women on the Road section of she-explores.com. A big thanks to our sponsor, Deuter. If you like Women on the Road, odds are you'll like our parent podcast, She Explores. Hosted by Gail Straub, She Explores is a podcast for and about women who are inspired by time spent outside. Gail has an incredible knack for finding inspiring women and stories to share, covering topics like hiking solo, mental health in the outdoors, adventuring with kids, entrepreneurship, and more, all from the outdoorsy woman's perspective. You can find the She Explores podcast by visiting www.she-explores.com podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream stories. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite way to listen in. Also, if you could take a few minutes to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, that'll help listeners find us and would be so appreciated. If you want to learn more, any links mentioned here are also listed on the podcast episode page via the Woman on the Road section of she-explores.com. Music is by Josh Woodward. We're proud to be edited by Gail Straub and produced by She Explores.